no ASMR on the podcast, please. You know, I just don't think it's focused. I don't think it's becoming. No, 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 no. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to What's New with Nova, episode two. Today we're going to be talking about short stories. Uh, someone pointed out to me after the first episode came out that I never introduced myself. Um, so I'm. Who Zach. are you? I, you know, I wanted to remain a man of mystery, but the people they demanded to know. They want to know. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Zach Jenkins. Uh, I'm a double major in computer science and English. This is my second year at Nova, and I'm a content editor. Um, that's really not that exciting, but uh, my special guests today are because I have Kim Possible beep, beep, and beep, Danny <laughs> from The Shining here. Uh, does he die in that movie? I don't know. He does not die. Okay. I've never seen The Shining. He, survi- he survives um, along with Shelley Duvall. Um, and then oh, yeah, because they go in the maze. And, yes, yeah. and then he dies, the Jack. So if spoilers. you haven't seen The Shining, spoilers, sorry, yeah. but I it's watched, like a really old movie. So I watched The Shining for the first time on my like phone, which was like the worst, lamest, anti-cinephile way to watch it. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I don't know. There's like so we won't go into deep dive on The Shining on this <laughs> podcast, but <laughs> there's a lot of um, controversial things that happened with that movie. So, so, yeah, so that's why I back to, yeah, so back to yeah. back to what's okay. new with Nova. So yeah, uh, I've got Kim Possible here, really Skylar Hatch. Uh, Skylar is the associate editor at Nova. She is an English major with a double minor in journalism and technical writing. And my other special guest today is Hannah. Hannah, do you want to say your last name? Yarrington. Yarrington. Not Yarrington. It's Yarrington. Such a cool last name to say. Thank so you. difficult. Why isn't my last name cool? Your name um, is cool, but like I don't have to ask you how to pronounce it. Right, it's pretty. People, I don't know. I I never understood the difficulty pronouncing it because like you, there are like last names like Arrington and like Harrington mm-hmm. that people typically pronounce right, but the Y just throws everybody off. Yarrington. Yarrington with like air. I kind of like it. Thank you. It's like regal sounding. Hannah is an English major with a minor in technical writing and also a content editor at Nova. Um, and I don't need to remind everyone, Nova is the awesome, amazing magazine we all work for, uh, the best of all time, and probably the most important in human history. It's uh, the shit. Yeah. It's the shit. It's the Thank shit. It really <laughs> is, though. You know? Yeah. That's um, our brand at this point. Gosh, um, the reason do? this episode is coming out, uh, if the calendar, if like, it goes out when it's supposed to, it's supposed to come out on November 28th, so you're probably confused by Kim Possible and Danny here. Uh, but it's actually October 29th. We're in Halloween costumes right now. Yeah, we're about to go crazy at Carowinds. So. Yeah, we're we're going to Scarewinds after this. So yeah. Yeah. we're gonna so we're really that, under pressure to yeah, wrap this it's up. It's an exciting night. So yeah, I'm dressed as Tombo from Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, but the dude who I like was ch- like talking to before I came down here said I just looked like a normal guy. Um, um, yeah. Well. It's a real undercover costume. Yeah, you know. I feel like not maybe when you're with Landry, it. it'll yeah. make more sense. Like if, if you get it, you get it, and if you don't, you don't, and then that's that's it. You know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Okay. Short fiction a day. Um. Uh, what's the difference between a short story and like a long ass story? Because you know, when we did our poetry episode, it's not like there's there's like sub forms of poetry, but you know, right. Well, I feel like there's different forms of a short story. Um, mm-hmm. A long novel has a more in-depth, thought-out plot with um, lots of turns. Yes, and exactly, like and lots more um, development for the characters involved. A short story, um, it can be a single scene that just goes throughout a few pages. It can be um, told in memories uh, through time or in chronological order uh for a series of events yeah but um i think it's just a shortened version or a snippet of a story Mm -hmm. that wraps up a little more quickly and has a little less depth and development than a longer story does and yeah it's like it's different from i feel like when you have super long short stories because i've read like gosh 50 page short stories and they're like called novella territory yeah and then i feel like once you surpass 50 pages it's definitely i would consider it more of a novella in that sort of sense so i feel like 
the rules between page length between a short story is like pretty broad but like what really makes a short story is kind of like what goes into it and you know plot is like a huge huge part of that especially Mm -hmm. um and yeah once you get like super far into it and you start developing you know more plot things and it's not like mostly focused on like a few short scenes scenes and you just might as well make it a novel at that point yeah i feel like a lot of time jesus christ a lot of the time (laughs) um when we talk about short stories it's like we're just debating in terms of word count but i think it's a question of focus more often than Mm -hmm. not yeah as far as nova goes we definitely cannot accept novellas (laughs) Uh, our submission word count limit is 3,500, which I personally think is absurdly low, but we only have a limited number of pages to work with. Very so true. we're we're looking for shorter stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to read a short story uh, really quickly. And for all the copyright czars out there, I'm pretty sure this is fair use because we're going to talk about it. But like, if you want to sue me... Um, we get full credit. We did not write this. Skylar and Hannah are totally innocent. Yeah. Direct all lawsuits. You're really telling the line here. Well... <laughs> You know, that's why they hired me. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, Sticks by George Saunders. It's like a page and a half, and it's probably my favorite short story ever. So we're going to read this. We're going to break it down a little bit, talk about what we like about it, what makes it such an excellent story, and how we want you to uh, plagiarize it and submit it to us. <laughs> okay. This is Sticks by George Saunders. Hey, this is actually future Zach from the future. On the original cut of this episode, we'd read the entirety of George Saunders' stakes, and it turns out what I had said in jest a few moments before is true. This is a copyright violation. You cannot just read a whole short story on your podcast and get away with it. So we've had to remove that clip now because it represented a copyright violation. You can choose to keep listening to the discussion that will follow this brief interruption where we talk about George Saunders' sticks. I think it'll still be interesting, enlightening, and hopefully of use to you, a fiction writer. But if you'd like to follow along more closely with that discussion, there's now a link in the description where you can find a written copy of George Saunders' sticks in a legal, accessible form. The story was first published in The New Yorker several years ago, and that's where we'll be linking to it. However, if you happen to own a copy of George Saunders' short story collection, 10th of December, you'll also find sticks printed in that book. So please, if you're interested, look it up online, follow the link. It should be a very easy story to find. Read it, come back to the podcast, or just keep listening. I don't care. Let's get back to the episode. Have either of you guys uh, read that read that one before? Yes, class or anything? I yeah. have. I read it in my intro to creative writing class. Um last semester i think nice mm-hmm. i have not okay I have skylar. fresh ears yeah as the neophyte <laughs> uh let, let's get the skylar hatch uh let's get the, reaction. Get the scoop what do you think the rundown um that's one of those short stories where it's um combing through very specific memories to really give an overall message to the story and i think the focus was the pole and the father mm-hmm. and what what I appreciate, which I think I think we've discussed before about fiction, is like beauty in the mon- mundane, mm. where um, yeah. very specific details um, are brought out to be much more important to an overall story. And yeah, I really I really enjoyed that. I love that it's so short yet it includes so much in it. Mm-hmm. In it. Um, combs through a lot of the memories that um, the narrator's speaking about. And I think I think that's very common in short stories as well to have very like short sentences of like things that have happened mm. um, throughout like whether it's like a chronological series of events and really like pick apart the details, like the the poll, the specific things that he did, the events throughout his life, like when his mom died and all of those things and how long was that by the way the like word count like a page and a half yeah i think this is like 
one of the most flash fiction stories I've yeah. ever read. I think very flash fiction. I think it comes in at like maybe 500 words max. Wow. That's what's so that's spectacular crazy. about it to me. I mean, that's yeah. a lifetime for not just one character, but multiple. For in and 500 words. Yeah, right. there's such a depth to it, too. Mm-hmm. I When I first read that story years and years ago, I mean, you have that kind of that gut punch, bittersweet thing where like, oh, it's, yeah, it's a sad family. Mm-hmm. That sucks. But every time I come back to it, even though there's seemingly so little on the page there, I there's more to it. I mean... When I was reading it uh, in preparation for the recording today, the bit about uh, the father putting army medals around the base stuck out to me. I'd never even thought about it before. It was just another in that list of descriptive items there. And I think that's something that Saunders does really well, which is that sort of uh, tiny telling detail where you start to hone in on that one thing. You say, okay, is this, was this father a veteran? It, you know, is he struggling with PTSD? Is there an experience from his time in the military that uh, made him into this hard, uh, seemingly unloving man? Mm-hmm. What yeah. kind of redemption was there for him at the end? I also appreciate yeah. since it's so short, but it's it's so packed with details yeah. and things that every time you go back and read it, you get to pick apart new things or like pick up things that maybe weren't emphasized inside your mind the first time that you read it. Yeah, and like George Saunders does a really great job, I think, of showing and versus telling, mm-hmm. especially like when it comes to just like characterization of the father um, and their family dynamic. And I feel like that, to me, is a really important part of being a good storyteller. You know, anybody can tell you like how your main character feels, you know, but being able to show and like have your audience kind of have their own interpretation of so many different details within your story, I feel like is just, it, it was so beautifully done in that story. And I feel like that is something that a lot of people can like take from this and use in their own writing. I totally agree. Um, uh yeah, sticks, George Saunders. <laughs> so um, great, such a good story. Please yeah. read it oh, if you haven't. The one, the thing about short fiction that I was really wonderful for us as editors at Literary Arts Magazine is that because of that limitation of the word count, it really forces people to be efficient and not in that terrible way where you think of cost cutting or you know income adjustment or something awful like that. But you have to choose the telling word every single time. There's no space for um, meaningless faffery or, mm-hmm. you know, what other yeah. weird... You have to pick apart what is important and what is necessary and right. try and convey that in a short amount of time. Yeah, exactly. Especially, yeah. Thank you, Skylar, for saying what I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> no, Translation. Like, like, yeah. Especially in, like, flash fiction specifically because flash fiction is, like, much shorter than mm-hmm. just a regular short story. Um, every line I've been told should be, purpose like, purposeful. You know, especially when you're working with such a short amount of space. Because I've been told flash fiction should be like we just read, like one to two pages, three, just cutting it. But Mm -hmm. like when you have, like you said, that little bit of space, every single sentence needs to be thought out so that you're working towards, you know, what your overall climax or is or whatever you're trying to work towards. Yeah, like, you know. Do you have a concept and do you know your concept? Do you know it enough that the people that are reading it can understand it and really see your vision and see what you're trying to convey? Mm-hmm. And have you thought it through enough that it flows together properly and that it makes sense and it's concrete? It, it's not really about prose or, or flowery language or any of that. It's did you execute your idea properly mm-hmm. and efficiently yeah it's funny you say that because i think the prose is really one of the most <laughs> sublime <laughs> parts of this yeah um i i especially love that final sentence he painted a sign saying love and hung it from the pole and another lot yeah and 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 you have that like kind of uh skylar's gonna hate me for this one uh the kind of like cormac mccarthy-ish oh, and God. you've got that string of conjunct Ugh, conjunction's Whoa. not an easy word to say, guys. <laughs> conjunction. You've got that string of conjunctions there, 
Yeah. Hanging all those uh, independent clauses. And I don't know, there's something about that sentence structure in particular that is always so sad to me. There's, it's like you're just taking the plain facts of something and putting it spare on the page. And in the situation like this that is so tragic, it just leaves it out to the reader. Doesn't wrap it up or anything. And then, hmm. Yeah. Or we can just cut all that pretentious. <laughs> I want I want everybody to know that the entire content editing team is in the room with us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you. Well, I, I don't know if they it, know guys. that like this, this is our team. This is our yeah. team. Like all all three of us make up the yeah. read your stuff, guys. Part and yeah. what I what I like is that I feel like we are very different. Mm. I I yeah. feel like we have very different writing styles and we have very different tastes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I that's what I think makes us special and mm -hmm. I yeah, think we're, that we're diverse in our literary qualities I think for it, sure. it makes us bad heads but <laughs> <laughs> we're able to um come together with yeah so we're gonna play a fun game now called Zach rips your excerpt to shreds uh um, both I've asked both of our special guests today to bring in a, a short piece of writing of theirs um uh, a paragraph or two from a short story, uh, and then we're going to discuss it uh, the way we would discuss a potential submission to Nova. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. I've already. Okay, like, you did not say a paragraph or two. You said about three minutes. So I have two pages. Did you time yourself reading it or something? Yes, it's a she little. Sure okay, that's three perfect. Three minutes, minutes okay. is great. Okay. Uh, you guys act like I'm some master programmer or something. <laughs> <laughs> idea what I'm doing. I'm not acting like your master program. <laughs> I'm a podcast expert. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Hannah, would you like to start us off? I suppose. In full disclosure, I have never read this out loud to anyone but myself, so we'll see how I can translate this dog dialogue to you without sounding Oh, can you please horrible. do voices? Oh my gosh, we gotta do voices. Please do horrible. voices. I picked a um, voiceless short wait. story, so. You know, I'm just gonna read this in a really monotone voice and then you guys can do with it what wait, you Wait, can yeah. we do voices? <laughs> wait, yeah, wait, what's the sign parts? Wait, I don't have your. Yeah, you didn't actually I don't get, have this, the get the, hold on. Wait, send it to me, because it'll take me too long. Note to, to me drive. when I'm editing this, you can you can cut this part out. Where we faff around. I'm okay, your I'm basic gonna send, average girl. I'm going to send the link to, to you. You can stop me because I'm For those of you at home, Skylar has <laughs> attempted to replicate the distinctive Kim Possible mean? upper lip jut. Oh, yeah. I have I have um, dark purple lipstick I think on it looks my great. top it lip. Really, I really bold, intelligent strategy to try and mimic the Kim Possible Try? Look. You mean I have? Well, sorry, I don't know. Uh, I, what I meant to say was, uh, "Slay girl boss." Uh, yeah, that's, what that's you right. <laughs> need to say um, at all at all times. Okay, so I have two characters oh, within this short story. Um, the first one is Rowan, who is a female, and I, then I have a boy named Alec, who is a boy. Um, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, and so this is just a flash fiction piece that I am going to now give Skylar access to. <laughs> I'm struggling to Momentarily. Open we will get there eventually, guys. Um, was this for a class by any chance? This was for a class. This is for uh, my creative writing class that I took. Um, so, yeah. Do you have access to it? Sure hope so. <laughs> um, this piece is called The Assassin's Song. Um, I'll talk a little bit about my inspo while Skylar is figuring her stuff out. Um, I love Sarah J. Mass. I love um, Lee Bardugo. I love, you know, lots of different fantasy novels that are very popular right now. And so I took lots of inspiration from those kind of stories while writing this. So, I will begin now. Okay. <laughs> Dibs Gosh, on Alec. Gosh, I Dibs wonder who. Dibs Wait, on Alec. Who? Okay, you are Rowan. Okay. You are Alec. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. We're getting real simplistic with the gender norms. Yeah, the sorry guys. guys. Just gotta get over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this just in. Hannah says it. Get over it, liberals. <laughs> get, okay. All right, moving on. Um, the assassin song. Okay. Rowan perched at the edge of a tall building, gazing down at the black labyrinth that lay before her. She had been monitoring the alley for about an hour now, waiting for the perfect moment to make her move. The gusty wind of the night swept through her hair, blowing black strands across her face as she reached down to grab the dagger that she had strapped to her hip. Holding her breath, she shifted in her makeshift fortress, getting a better vantage point while, she, while still crouching down to keep her head covered. She fiddled with the dagger in her hand, glancing down at the boy standing at the bottom of the building. When she confirmed he wasn't looking up at her, she finally stood up and bolted for the rope left at the south side of the building keeping her steps as quiet as she could. She landed on the south side of the building, where she covered herself in shadows while judging her prey. Alec, the boy she was to kill, was alone tonight, just as she thought he would be. He was wearing his usual attire today, a cloak similar to hers, with the hood left purposely down. She glanced down at, her, at his hands, searching for weapons, but instead found him wearing the ring she had once given him on his thumb. Her breath caught slightly, and she started running through all the reasons why he might be wearing that. Did he know he would be here? Did she? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Did he know she would be here tonight? It didn't make sense. There was no conceivable way he could have known her plans. But she was wasting time thinking about it. If he did know, she just had to be quicker. She concealed her features with a black mass at the bottom of her face as the silence of the night continued to pierce her thoughts. Alec continued down the long stretch of the alleyway, and Rowan easily kept pace with him, continuing to use the log or the dark shadows of the buildings to hide her presence as she followed after him. The guards, usually kept by his side, were gone today, drunk and forgotten at the brothel he hurried from. He didn't even check to see if anyone followed. Fool. Rowan held onto the dagger in her hand and quickened her pace slightly, judging how fast she would need to run to keep the element of surprise. She knew this would end in a bloody mess if she weren't careful. Suddenly, Alec stopped moving. She threw herself behind a nearby wall, holding her breath once more as he glanced over his shoulder. She said she should just kill him now, end it before someone else finds them and makes this more complicated. Making up her mind, Ron quickly stepped out of her shadows, her dagger already flying towards his back. But what she did not expect to see was another knife, another knife making its way towards her face. Swiftly moving her body to avoid the attack, Rowan flung herself to the ground while grappling for the sword tied to her backside. Rowan smiled as she stood back up, watching Alan mirror her stance as they stood before one another. <coughs> you know, Rowan, I expected better from you. Letting me make it almost all the way down the street isn't usually your style. He taunted, staring pointedly at the mask she wore. Maybe I just didn't feel like ending it all so soon, she purred. That would take all the fun out of it. She said while taking off the mask, deciding the need for stealth was long gone. She knew she could have killed him faster. A bow and arrow could have done the trick, but Rowan couldn't shake the nagging feeling that she should wait. He deserves to die for what he did to her. He was her best friend, the person that she had once loved more than herself. But betrayal wasn't something she was taught to take lightly. Why are you whispering? It's not like anyone can hear us here. He stated, moving to close the gap she kept between them. He kept his tone neutral, but she could see the anger stirring behind his eyes. I don't owe you an explanation. She sneered, sticking her sword out to block his approach. He stopped, his eyes softening as he read her expression, an attempt to lower her guard, no doubt. But instead, Rowan stepped forward, pressing her blade closer to his chest. Fine, suit yourself. But if you're done trying to intimidate me, can we just get this over with? I have business to attend to tonight that I really can't be late for. He announced, a fool's arrogance rolling off of him. That's too bad. I'm afraid you're just going to have to wait, though your colleagues may find you too dead to be much of interest after we're done here. She warned, not in the mood to play games tonight. You've lost your edge, Rowan. You used to be much scarier. He said, sarcasm thick in his tone. You do realize <laughs> you weren't the only one sent out on a killing spree tonight, right? I think it's time you and I settle this once and for all, he said, 
revealing a long sword hide previously under his cloak to meet her own. I couldn't agree more, she said, another smile spreading across her features while she glanced at that ring one last time. Then she lifted her head to finally meet his eyes, and the clanging metal song began. And that is all, ladies and gentlemen. Ah. I gotta say, uh, reading, doing voices, a lot more fun than I would have thought. Why did you? I'm glad you enjoyed it. You had like a very deep, monotonous deep. tone the whole time. That was my uh, Judge Holden voice. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's exactly what I envisioned, actually. Yeah. You pulled it off perfectly. It's just one another way I have of bullying Skylar. Just reminding her. Yeah. About anything. Cormac McCarthy. He loves to just. I don't even throw like Cormac me. McCarthy that much. I don't even like him that much, but Skylar hates him, and I just feel I don't hate him. I don't hate him. <laughs> I don't hate him. Anyway, anyway, Hannah's <laughs> piece, the assassin song, not at all having anything to do with Cormac McCarthy. Um, okay, so let's talk about this as a flash fiction piece. Uh, so this is one scene. It takes place in continuous time. Two characters. It has setup. It has rising tension, and it has a climax. And it, maybe it seems a little bit reductive to be talking about this story in those sort of building blocks terms, but those are the first things we're going to be looking for when we get a submission. Yeah, Is like, it coherent? Yeah. Do, Do you the, have, are you going somewhere? Is there a structure? Yeah. Is there an ending that doesn't necessarily, you couldn't predict from the beginning, but is there an ending that makes sense from the way the story began? Mm -hmm. Is there development? Is there change? Um, not in any way to insult the fine people who submit to our magazine, but a lot of times uh, it seems to me that when we get a fiction submission, people have not considered these basic questions. Uh, we're not ex expecting people to write like Pulitzer winners. I mean, we are primarily a magazine for college students, mm -hmm. but we do want people's best work, and we want them to look at that basic checkbox of what a story should have mm -hmm. before they submit. We want to look at a piece and... And know that, or at least assume that there have been a couple, a few drafts that right. have been written on this. Someone and else has, been has read this before. Really thought through and edited. Like you, you put a lot of time and hard work into it instead of just giving us a first draft or a second draft of something that isn't necessarily concrete and full mm -hmm. quite yet. We would, we would like a, a complete work that you've you've spent a lot of time on, that you've put a lot of yourself into. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hannah, can I ask, uh, which draft is this for you? Too many to count. This I have edited this same piece um, dozens and dozens and dozens of times. I have read over this piece so many times because I, I love the scene, but I have, and it's not even like I'm changing whole like parts of it you know and sometimes I do that was like a lot of the editing process at the beginning of writing the short story or not short story excuse me um this flash fiction piece but even after I've changed like a lot of the meat of this piece I would still go back and change a word or two you know I would change some of the dialogue some of the dialogue wasn't flowing to me you know and I still to this day I could still go back to this piece and continue tweaking it and I feel like a lot of writers feel that way with their writing at least I do but you know I've I feel like you just have to read over and I feel like there's always something that isn't perfect but it's like not always going to be perfect and that's okay but being able to tell that, you know, you took time and there's not like silly little um, grammatical errors, you know, that's like a huge, huge thing that we look for, especially to tell that you've read this more than once, you know. Um, and yeah, I'll jump thing. in real quick. If there's a typo in your first page or God forbid your title, it better be really extraordinary for us to look past that because we got a lot of pieces to look through. Showing the magazine you're submitting to that you've taken the time to look over your work shows that you think their time is valuable. 
Have people read your work. Amen. Because when you read over your own work several, several times, it all just kind of jumbles together. Right. And you, it's like when there's a painting in your home and you see it so many times that you don't even really acknowledge it anymore. So having like, at least five people right. look at your work, whether whether they're uh -huh. writers, whether, whether they're just friends or they're and just readers, yeah. they, they'll they'll have fresher eyes than you mm -hmm. will and yeah. they will be able to point it out a lot, a lot quicker. <laughs> I forgot to mention this piece was also workshopped mm -hmm. within a mm -hmm. class as well. So it wasn't my eyes, it was other people and then my professor and then like, it really, like Skylar said, like having other people read it and like it can be terrifying to have other people read your writing. Um, we as writers can totally sympathize with that. Um, it's not but done yet. it is so it is so helpful and you know having people have that outside perspective can help like, oh, I'm confused on what you're trying to say here. And like if somebody else is saying that to you in your own head, of course it makes purpose se it perfect sense because you wrote it. But you can see how that is being translated to your audience and therefore maybe you should tweak it and like that sort of thing. So, yeah. We're touching on a lot of the same themes that uh, we discussed on our last episode on poetry. Uh, I think the main thing that we would stress for developing writers and poets, especially at the collegiate level, is again the importance of all manner of revision mm -hmm. and having other people read your work. Uh, we're going to take this opportunity to, again, plug our magazine and our events. Uh, by the time this episode drops, uh, our open mic night will have already happened, but we encourage you to follow our Instagram, uh, Nova Charlotte, uh, and go to our website by the same name to keep up with us. Stay tuned for events where you can meet other members of the local Charlotte writing community and find an audience to workshop and develop your work. I think it's really serendipitous that you chose to do a flash piece and uh, Skylar's going to be reading an excerpt from a longer piece. Uh, that way we can kind of get both ends of the short story spectrum. Um, so, Skylar, uh, do you want to... Skylar's piece has a little bit of an interesting structure in that uh, it focuses on a group of uh, students who are filmmakers and the actual text of the story uses some filmmaking terminology that uh, distinguishes the form from a typical structure. So Skylar, do you wanna introduce the work and uh, do we get to do fun voices again? Um, I think I'm gonna read it myself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gosh. No, I apologize. You know, there's the door. <laughs> you can leave. Go ahead. Um, I was begged, <laughs> begged to be on this podcast today. I'll, I'll have Hands everybody know knees. that. I asked politely. By a I a Mr. Zachary Jenkins request. over here. Um, yeah, I was just about to say um, our pieces are very different because I think we're, we had very different focuses. Um, my piece, I'll get into the concept that you were introducing, but um, my piece specifically, I really wanted to focus on description. And um, I think that there is, let me start over. <laughs> Sorry, but what are I? <laughs> Scene. <laughs> there is um, something so beautiful about authors who really manipulate your senses. Um, I've read Donna Tartt, who's one of my favorite authors. She, why are you smiling? Because I, for those in the audience at home, I, Skylar has prepared meticulous notes for what she's <laughs> going to up, say today. Shut up, shut and up. I, can, I, I see when she's hitting different I'm beats really nervous. in her outline. No, yeah. I I don't even have it up. I just have my piece up this mm. time. But I just document, I needed. <laughs> She's not fooling anyone. Um, Donna Tartt wrote *The Goldfinch*, and she also wrote *The Secret History*, which is one of my favorite books. And she has this magical element to her writing, in which she uses the power of words and description to fully manipulate a reader's senses and really just capsulate the fullness of the world that she's trying to create and she really just drags you into the story and it's something that I really admire I think I think we as writers all have goals we want to accomplish in our writing and yeah I'm trying to graduate <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying okay to school. maybe not all of us but <laughs> definitely definitely me and 
this piece, I, I definitely wanted to focus on description um, to really create a full atmosphere for whoever was reading it. Um, yeah, so my concept, this is a little um, book that I'm actually going to try to write one day maybe, <laughs> um, about a, a group of film students who live in, or who go to school in upstate New York. And um, this first scene is to really drag you into the atmosphere of the book and the world that I'm trying to create and really focus on the group dynamic here that I think is really important in this plot. So I guess I'll, I didn't have the first, okay, so this is how I started it. I'm not going to read it out because I didn't include it in my little, my little podcast document, but um, I started the story or I'm gonna be starting each chapter with a setting and at rise section at the start of the page. Um, because if you didn't know, in uh, playwriting, they start each scene with um, a little setting description and an at rise description of when the lights go up, like what, what are you seeing? So I started with that and I also wanted to include little film elements so we start the scene off with an establishing shot. She's so avant-garde, guys. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what Sorry, she's doing. you might need to like cut. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. You're good. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so yeah, that is that is why I will be saying establishing shot and close on at the beginning mm. of this scene. Um, and this is not the whole chapter because then we would be sitting here for 20 minutes. And I'm trying to write some rides. <laughs> we're trying to, I'm trying to, to get scared. I'm trying to get spooked. Trying to, yeah. So this is about like uh, two pages, double spaced. Um, Times your room at 12 for By the way, MLA great, form, great um, note there. That is how we expect your submissions to be. Times yes. New Roman, 12 double spaced. Yeah. If no I get exceptions. one more joke submission in papyrus, I will... Lose I will go to the papyrus. return address and I will throw a brick through your window. Wow. Be on the lookout. He is don't just submit you. properly. Please. Um, anyway, establishing I don't shot. get paid enough. For this. <laughs> I really don't get paid at all. Listen. Anyways. Uh, okay. okay. <clears throat> um, I'm not really good at reading things out loud, so bear with me. Okay. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm cutting okay. out the loud ass sip Hannah just came directly into the that? microphone. Yeah, in the studio things I could hear both of you guys. Oh. Wait, you took a sip of the same chop down. Y'all are so insane. Uh we're like in sync. <laughs> we are. Okay. Anyway, you know, I'm gonna read this now. Establishing shot. The overarching peaks of Philemon kiss the cerulean sky. Wafts of cool air drifted downwind across the campus lawn, blowing coral flowering leaves beyond the vivid green cover, scattering messily across the quad. The vicious sun cast blazing flashes of light into the eyes of students milling about. The echo of clipped heels clicking against the sandstone walkways ricocheted along the valley of towering Victorian buildings, quick and harsh, laced with a conviction of prestige. An undeciphered buzz filtered through the breeze, escalating with the rising anticipation of a new semester. Close on. Six silhouettes clad in black lounged over the stone wall overlooking the quad. The soles of their shoes scuffed lazily against the marble structure they sat upon, guarding the tower that stood in all its mountainous, unshakable glory behind them, the Philemon Playhouse. Scanning the lawn below with the gaze of predators, they appeared almost cat-like in their loose garb and exclusive stances. Passers-by glanced up, their conversations dying off the tip of their tongues as they caught the image of those figures, stone-faced, brooding gargoyles with clenched jaws and unsettling shadows cast across their undecipherable faces. A girl sat at the edge of the group, box-headed and bright-eyed, her gaze glued to the stapled pack of crumpled paper sitting in her cross lap. She fingered the corner of the page she was reading, squinted eyes flitting over the set of lines she intended to burn into the front wall of her skull. Her lips moved. A mumbled whisper of incoherent words rolled off her tongue. The breeze picked up. Floating leaves scraped against the circular cobblestone central point of the campus, brushing against the lip of the fountain pool and dipping into its gray water. An abstract charcoal structure protruded from the water in the form of a distorted, twisted body, limbs and appendages twirling together in a random configuration of what would be considered art. The girl, named Malix, hooked a finger around a piece of muddy brown hair drifting down the center of her face. 
She coaxed it back behind her ear, her fingernails scratching the soft skin just beneath her hairline. The gust of wind spawned a cluster of boot. <laughs> the gust of wind spawned a cluster of goosebumps that scattered up the skin of her arms, and she shivered, curling in on herself, her back caving. A throat cleared, guttural. You know, I don't plan on participating in any film directed by an underclassman this year. Actually, I would rather jump off this wall than work with some 18-year-old carrying around some shitty 90s camera and calling themselves an artist. The boy who spoke, Christian, wore a pair of black sunglasses he often pulled down to the tip of his nose. He sat back on his palms, chin tilted to the sky, the lines and grooves of his features casting harsh shadows down his neck. There was a chuckle, a dimpled smile belonging to a blue-eyed man, Henry. Henry set his notebook down in his lap with careful finesse. Three months ago, you were an underclassman, Christian. Henry was finely dressed with freshly pressed pants and a black button-up. He rolled his sleeves up to his elbows. And yet, now they are beneath me. What a world we live in, class systems and all. Christian yawned, his casual cadence exemplified by every relaxed limb and joint in his fluid posture. He jutted his chin toward the person sitting right of him. How's that script coming along, my friend? So Same. first of all, I just want to say I really identify with one of these characters. Um, Let me guess. Christian. No, mm. of course not. How Absolutely could, how could not. Even say that? I don't My even goodness. know what you're talking about right now. Okay, so uh, this is an excerpt of one chapter of a long novel. Um, so we won't talk as much about uh, plot or pacing here, even though, I mean, pacing is great, but because it's only one part of a longer thing. Uh, what I particularly like about this piece is the opening paragraph, what Skyler has labeled the establishing shot here, uh, and as well as the following to close on. I think the prose here is really great. Um, and what you'll notice is it is not purple prose uh, for its own sake. It's not showing off. This is a really vital bit of scene setting, especially in that second paragraph. Uh, I think the diction here is really important in setting up this uh, prestigious, um, kind yeah, of pretentious place. Yeah, kind of people, and I feel like it very much fits with, you know, what the plot is, who, who we're talking about, the characters, and um, it, I wouldn't define it as fluffy. It's, like, very much purposeful. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, as I can just say this depiction of, pretentious humanities majors very accurate well observed yeah, it very much is yeah so glad that we're just down to earth people yeah in the just, in the studio we don't identify with those people at all yeah can i cut in and talk about dialogue for a second yes skylar by please all means tell us everything i want to know who actually knows what she's talking about please go ahead um so in my friction classes that i'm taking i think um a lot of something that people struggle with is dialogue natural dialogue especially i think that in order to practice things such as description by really trying to define a setting by everything that you see all of the senses with dialogue you need to practice by listening so um a good practice or exercise you can do is just to sit in on family dinner or just like w with your friends in a room and just take notes on the way the ums the the way they cut themselves off the way they interject or interrupt each other or just the mannerisms i think adding action to dialogue is very important because then it expresses how someone is saying something and that really makes the picture like the painting in your mind when you're reading something come alive instead of it the dialogue just being very stagnant and having people just, or your characters just deliver lines in just a, a very boring way. <laughs> just yeah. I, I think when you're listening to dialogue, it's, it's supposed to be purposeful, like you were saying, right. and it's supposed to have emotion and character within it. And I think really just making sure you know your character and your character's speech patterns and Sorry if I'm like going off on a tangent right now. <laughs> like hand movements, um, just, just, like just knowing yeah, how they would talk. You the know? way that they express yeah. themselves just really, really adds to a piece. It just, yeah. Sorry. Skylar was getting at something <laughs> that I think is really, really important for writers in general, but something that maybe a, not a lot of developing writers know, which is that probably 
80% of the legwork in it is just learning to observe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I hope people don't read immediately... Read other short stories. Read other people's writing. Read other dialogue. Absolutely. But also just in real life. And I yeah, hope, yeah. given the loud mouth that, that I am, this doesn't come off as immediately imbecilic, but just knowing how to be quiet, knowing right. how to watch other people, watch Listen. other things, yeah. when you're walking, seeing the world, and writing little sentences in your head... You don't have to personally experience a thing to write about it. Mm-hmm. That is never, yeah. ever the case. But if you know how to observe your world and put it to paper, you'll be able to apply those skills in that line of thinking to any imagined scenario. Yep. Mm-hmm. The worst stories I've ever read always come off like it's some alien from Mars trying to write what <laughs> it thinks a human would write. Yeah. Yeah. And it just comes off very one-dimensional, I think. And I feel like a lot of the time people fall into the trap of like not making people move as they talk because I feel like humans just in general we move when we talk you know um we interact you know we'll walk down the street and talk with a friend and I feel like a lot of the time it's hard for people to kind of interweave setting and plot with your dialogue and you know not just having like a single like dialogue tag like she said he said they mm-hmm. said you know that kind of thing um and saying she said this while she was doing something or while they were moving and kind of like interweaving that i feel like is also very important and like i literally learned those techniques from reading other people's writing and this I, yeah yeah sorry Don't no you're good um and I will. <laughs> I was literally just gonna say I will stand on that hill till I die. That you need <laughs> to, or in order to be a good writer, in my personal opinion, I think you need to read a lot. God damn, okay? I agree. I can't tell you lot. how many okay. times we're on the first day of a fiction class, and there's like some sort of icebreaker, like what's the last book you read, and you'll go around the circle don't read. and someone <laughs> will be like, read. yeah, like it's crazy. To me. You want to be a writer as yeah. a vocation read? and make money, and you don't read books? That is mind blowing. I literally and. Inspiration uh, is motivation. Love, yeah. love to all my people that don't read. It shows. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it we're not shows. trying to. We're not trying to on people I'm who don't not, read. At least it's not essential. on the air. Like maybe catch me later. Yeah, <laughs> you're, if you write and you don't read, it shows, and in the best way possible. But you can tell when somebody. Yeah. Reads professional writing. You want to you know? be a musician? You don't listen to music. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. it, it's weird. Anyways, go ahead. I. Lost my train of thought. It's okay though. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, um, read about and say. you want to learn to read Maybe. like a writer, also. Yes, yes. read yes, like yes, a yes, writer. Yes, yes. Uh, Skylar, did you? Sorry, <laughs> loss of thought okay. going okay. on over here. Um, understanding that's what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> you were you were talking earlier about um, observation and and mm-hmm. listening, and I think I think understanding people is a crucial way to write really in-depth characters and have them go through a lot of like character development and physicality is important because you're not going to have any like visceral writing if you don't add some type of physicality to it and some type of understanding of especially if it's like a very character-based piece if it's very focus on your protagonist like you really need to understand your protagonist Mm -hmm. and in order to do that you need to understand people I think what you're getting at is that one of the most untechnical but an important skills a writer can have is empathy. Mm-hmm. And if you'll let me get on my soapbox here for yeah, a moment. Yeah, get on your soapbox. Go ahead. I, I think that's really – people have been saying the novel's a dying art form for 50, 100, 300 years, whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. As long as there are people who seek to understand other people, the written word will persevere. There's no yeah. better way to get inside the head of someone who is different than you than through a great short story, a great novel. For those of you who are considering writing, considering submitting to Nova, think about that. What you're doing, even if you don't think you're very good at it, even if you're developing, is almost a noble pursuit. There are places and people in this world who are in pain, and your work, should you put the time and effort and study into it, will help genuinely make the world a better place. Um, that's 
maybe pretentious. We're all English undergrads in this room, but I, I do believe that sincerely. No, but like um, when you say that, like just looking at history, like even though you said like people say like dying art, like you think about how long writing has been around and how important that is. And I don't mm -hmm. feel like it's, you know, I don't know what the right word is, like unreasonable to say that kind of thing because mm -hmm. you look at back at like all the different writers that have had such like a cultural impact on mm -hmm. this world that we talk about to this day and you know it's never I, like you can always think like that way that you're not <laughs> you're not necessarily going to be the next Shakespeare but you know Take your writing. God seriously. damn it! You should try. <laughs> yeah, right. Like take your writing seriously because people will relate to it. There is somebody out there that will connect with you. You might not make any money, but there will be one person yeah. out there <laughs> rooting for you. Who, if you really go at it, yeah. you will. You will change their life. Yep. Well, I think we as humans are very emotional beings, and why do people read? I I know I read to feel. I read to feel. I read, I read, I read to escape. Yeah, so to understand. to understand. To understand, yes. I think there is so much to understand in the books that we read. And that's how we that's how we communicate. I think stories are such an A ancient concept. Part, yeah. And I think it's very, very important to play on emotion when you are writing something because that's what that's what people are reading it for they're they're reading it for emotion they're reading it to, f to feel something or to escape in some way and I think really understanding that when you are um coming up with a story or writing something really will it, it'll pull a reader in is yeah. to not to manipulate their emotions yeah, but, but you like know to evoke manipulation to to yeah. evoke emotions like within your writing and yeah. And there, honestly, as a writer, there's nothing better than hearing that someone was touched by, touched by your piece. By your piece, yeah. yeah. Wise words from Kim Possible. <laughs> All right. Uh, reminder to everyone listening, if you want to submit to our magazine, NovaCharlotte.com, NovaCharlotte.com, that is where you'll find our submission form. Uh, for short stories, uh, your piece needs to be 3,500 words or less. If you're around 100 over that and it's spectacular, we will fight for you with our boss, but uh, no really promises. much better for you to just stick to the guidelines. I really don't love it either, but them's okay, the breaks. I always go over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we love uh, stories that have an emphasis on, uh, as I've written here, gut punch, jaw drop endings. That does not mean violent or a set piece necessarily, but we love pieces Leave that stick with us yeah. after we read it. Your mm -hmm. piece will get in the magazine if I think about it outside of my time in the yep. office. Right. Um, generally, we avoid genre pieces. Uh, we tend towards the literary, however you want to define it. Um, however, that is not a hard and fast rule, and we're really just looking for stories with some heart. Uh, so please submit to our magazine. We look forward to reading what you give us. Um, if this episode comes out after the submissions deadline has closed, which is likely, go ahead, do it anyways. We'll get to it next year. We want your work. Yes, All right. Please. We've got please some roller coasters to ride. We yes. do. Got some I can't wait to be scared. Spook. I'm so excited. All right. Have a great night, morning, afternoon, whatever is going on out there, and we will catch you on the next episode. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thank Bye. you.